Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Wednesday the 13th of October. I'm joined today by Milena Armin, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Milena. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm doing well. How are you? Yep, very well, very well. Um, so, what did you? Uh, what stood out to you from today's edition of Watson's Daily? So, um, what I found interesting in today's edition was the article about the residential property market, mm-hmm. and in particular, it was the article that was published by the Times. Mm-hmm. Um, In short, the article talked about the fact that rents in the city centres are being pushed up as a result of many people starting to move back to the city centres in recent months, Mm -hmm. right? So if you follow the property market um, as I did, Mm -hmm. um, you'll find that it's interesting because it shows how the property market reacted to the coronavirus restrictions and lockdowns. And the way people's mood changed with that, right? Yes. So basically, the the article says that in um, that the last year's exodus um, mm-hmm. of people from city centres has now reversed. So people are starting to move back to city centres and into into big cities. Yeah. Um, what was it was actually very surprising for me to read this uh, purely because. At the beginning of the pandemic and um, right after the kind of the first lockdown, we mm-hmm. saw quite a big shift in the residential market with people seeking to move outside the city centers yep. uh, and go on to live in smaller towns or outside the, the big cities. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that people started to realize that the working from home, that working from home and coronavirus is not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So people started making arrangements and looked for bigger living spaces, yep. with more green um, around the house, quiet, and of course a bit of fresh air. <laughs> then of course, <laughs> fresh saw... air is very important for sure. <laughs> of course, yes, especially <laughs> yeah. when you when you're locked inside your yeah. house for such a long period well, exactly. of time. I mean, we we all love breathing, right? I mean, you know, yeah. bre- breathing is breathing is fun. Um, it's essential. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> right. So following from that, uh, yeah. then, of course, uh, we saw a massive increase in the number of uh, residential properties being sold, mm-hmm. which was also due to the fact that, uh, uh, sorry, it, it was also as a result of the stamp duty tax relief being introduced. Yes. Now, this upward trend in the number of houses being sold lasted for a good couple of months in 2020, reaching mm-hmm. an average all-time high in August this year. Now, yep. this is interesting because it is despite the fact that the the stamp duty relief ended in July. Mm-hmm. So again, it's quite. I was quite surprised to read this article um, as I was of the opinion that the shift to living outside the city centres was a more permanent choice that people made, especially mm. due to the flexibility and the hybrid working models which are currently being introduced gradually um, in offices. Yeah. Right. But I guess, I guess, given the fact that uh, the vaccine rollout had a huge success, mm-hmm. I think people have started to become more confident to return to the office. And 
uh, safer, right? And are keen to live somewhere closer to the workplace. And also have an enjoyable city life, right? Because if you do work for, for, for a firm or for a company in the city and you're stuck working at home in a smaller town, then you don't really experience that city life that some people uh, do really enjoy. Um, and what's important, and I, I want to emphasize this because um, it's, it's interesting and it's good for the readers and the listeners of the Watson's Daily podcast. Um, last week, um, on the 8th of October, you mentioned another article from the Times uh, that was uh, in your, uh, you mentioned another article in your newsletter. Yeah. Um, um, and apparently, um, the, we, so the same, apparently the same thing happens uh, in the commercial real estate. Yeah, well, like a, turn, a turnaround. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So a turnaround to the office, to the use of office space mm -hmm. um, is also happening in terms of commercial real estate. Now, the Times reported a post-lockdown uptick in commercial lettings and office space in London. And it also uh, talked about uh, how commercial landlords have started to see an improvement in demand during the, the second quarter of this year and also a notable rise in lettings in September. Now, this again, it's fascinating. To me, it's fascinating. As I said, I've been following the property market for uh, the past couple of months. And I, I think it just shows this article, uh, again, shows how fluid societies and how people's moods um, kind of change with, with time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think you made a number of excellent points there um so i suppose let's start off with the you know with the residential first to, uh, to, yeah. to look at that so i think the residential thing is very interesting um i think you know, maybe uh, this is something to do with um people uh you know craving that buzz again mm. um and i think that you know they are going back in there may also be an element of people thinking maybe that companies are, although they'll do working from home, they're probably going to be more interested in people spending more time at work than they do at home. Mm. So in that sense, it's probably not good for you to live halfway up a mountain um, if you're working at Goldman Sachs in the city, for instance, um, you know, because you you um, although that might work if you were four days at home and, and you just did one day commuting or something. Um, actually, if it, if it turns out that everyone's going to do four days uh, in the office, um, uh, then then you do have to be back in in the uh, you know, in the city centre. So, um, so I think there's, there's, uh, there are changes. Maybe people are thinking like that. Um, I, I'm not sure, but I suspect that there is at least some of that going. You know, they're thinking that the, the office is opening. Let's go back. Mm. Um, I also think that I would imagine that that is going to be much more appealing to younger people because um, I I mean, maybe it's just, I don't think it's just me. I mean, you know, when I was younger, I definitely wanted to be, you want to be in the part centre of it all. You want to go, you want to be able to sort of fall out of your, your well, hopefully not fall, uh, walk out of your apartment <laughs> or whatever and just go to a restaurant across the road or do something, um, you know, that's, so you've got everything literally on your doorstep. 
and you only get that in a in a town centre. Um, so there's that, uh, and, and I I imagine that people will be craving that. Um, I certainly feel that a lot of people who've uh, young people who've started their jobs uh, over the last year or so have really missed out. Um, uh, they're probably um, uh, probably sick of hearing this, but you know this whole thing about where you go into the office, you get more of a an idea of what's going on. You get the uh you know the culture i hate using that word but you know in this context but you know you get the culture of what how things are done and who's the right person to ask about this or that you know all those things is definitely much better in the office um and i think that the novelty of the office tends to i'd say i mean when you first start working it lasts for a few years i think um but then after then it, it diminishes <laughs> over time um and so so yeah so then you've got obviously people who are older um get you know have families and things and then um actually living in a one bed flat in the center of town becomes not quite so good because you've you can't park your buggy anywhere you've got baby stuff all over the all over the lounge um you've got your kitchen is full of milk (laughs) milk stuff warming and you know all that stuff and suddenly your cool lifestyle has literally gone out the window um so then you need you know you then you need the space but um but anyway um painting a great picture there but uh, mm-hmm. but I, I think that um, you know this is interesting. This uh, your people returning, and I I'm, I would expect that to continue. Um, in terms of the mm. office side of things, um, again interesting because we had lots of uh, uh, companies having lots of panicked meetings. I suspect in the early stages of coronavirus, when people were thinking that okay, everyone's working from home. It is working. Things haven't fallen apart. Actually, maybe this is more possible than we had thought originally. So mm. then they said, right, okay, we don't need all this space because not everyone's going to be in at the same time. So we don't need this space. So let's sublet it, or let's, or there are some companies who were not renewing leases. You know, all yeah. those kinds of things. And then, of course, you've got all the SMEs um, who were maybe um, uh, tenants at WeWork. And thinking, well, I can't go in there anymore. And so then them working from home. So all of this, um, you know, it's been interesting to see how the whole market has, the dynamics of the market has changed um, Mm -hmm. over over time. So there you go. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. A very interesting insight. And we'll see uh, how things are going to develop um, in in the future. Yeah. Um, but I'm just curious, what is um, what is um, uh, an article or a, a piece of news today that caught your attention in the newsletter? Well, um, it's it's all about Felixstowe, right? Ah. So the port of Felixstowe, um, more exactly. So I mentioned this yesterday, uh, mentioning it again today. Um, but the, the 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 thing the the article today was talking about Maersk. So Maersk is the biggest. Um, shipping container company in the world it's danish um and it is uh av- advising its ships to avoid felixstowe the reason being um that everything is literally piling up um at the port um 
and mm-hmm. it is a result of the containers sitting there for I think double the amount of time they normally do um, before they're being taken um, to their to their destination. Now, I thought I'd mention this because we keep on hearing about the number of different uh, things with regard to supply chains, uh, the problems with supply chains. And it just seems to me that this in particular really cries out to me about how you really need, I think that we really need to sort out what is going on on the land in terms of logistics, i.e. more Mm. drivers, better, Mm. all that kind of thing. Because if we don't solve that, the the sea containers are just going to keep piling up. So if we can sort that out and get the containers out, the ship's will be able to um, unload, uh, offload, and then they can go away and it's all good. You know, I think if we solve land, the sea will sort of solve itself, I guess, is is my simplistic way of looking at it. But um, I don't know. I mean, you, you've got, you've got uh, some personal experience uh, to bear on this, haven't you? Indeed, indeed. And uh, before, before I talk about that, I just want to uh, point out that... Um, the corona the effects that coronavirus has had um on societies and economies overall um uh, kind of keeps on going and we can see the ripple effects that this has on different sectors of the industry mm-hmm. and as i said one of the the issue that you just mentioned about the lorry drivers and hgp mm-hmm. makes the issue um with the containers piling up at Felixstowe uh, even more acute because there are no drivers to be able to kind of um, deliver those goods and those containers to their destinations. Mm. And um, again, um, my my personal experience on this um, um, is in relation to to um, the idea of helping the the shortage of drivers and yeah. My my father, so he he's not a driver, but he um, he works in the cars industry, and mm-hmm. he's such a kind man that when when he he found out about the the crisis, he he told me I should look into this because he wants to help. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were seeing the effect that the fuel fuel crisis um, um, has on on people and on on us as a family as well. Yes. so it's quite serious. Uh, So he asked me to look into into this. But even before I started doing that, he very interestingly received a letter from the DVLA Mm -hmm. um, stating that, um, of course, um, mentioning the crisis and all the the other issues surrounding the the driver's uh, shortages. And uh, because my father has um, C, uh, has C category on his driver's license, uh, the the DVLA had wrote to him to invite him to um, basically um, do another type of category, which is called C plus E, to be able to drive uh, HGV um, trucks, right? A- HGV vehicles. Mm. So he they were basically uh, trying to recruit him. Now, what was interesting was the fact that the government. Um, 
has tried, well, they've started uh, helping out um, agencies uh, and other companies who are looking for drivers. And they started find funding, um, uh, for example, the courses that mm. uh, drivers are required to do. Uh, so, for example, the C plus E category to be able to to um, achieve this category on their drive driver's license, mm. but also the CPC training, which is a mandatory training, um, and it's quite expensive. I think it's up to one thousand five hundred. So, uh, to be able to to um, what? Sorry, what CPC training? I think it's it's I I can't remember exactly what it stands for. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very specific to be a, for HGV drivers to be able to actually drive drive the HGV. Oh, okay, race. okay. Um, uh, I think it it's about safety and. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so all the all the type of things and uh, yeah. safety issues that you need to be aware of. Mm. Um, so again, the government is really trying to kind of. Um, get involved and sort out this acute issue and one way to do that was to send letters to to people like my father who's actually considering um joining as as a driver and um uh, going back to to school <laughs> to mm. get his uh, to get his c plus e uh category on his driver's license mm. um again i know there are um this is just one way to help uh, address this issue but i know that there are other considerations such as mm. brexit um mm. that come into play as well mm. very i think that's very interesting and also um you know it's great that your dad um what you know wants to wants to help i mean i i really did think about this uh today and thinking it's it's not it's not like it's not a war effort per se mm. but it almost feels like this this scale, the scale of this problem, which is being brought to bear by these, the pi the pileups that, <clears throat> sorry, we're seeing in Felixstowe. Mm. You know, when you when you see the headlines, you know, like recently with the with the fuel, um, the fuel crisis and and queues outside the, the petrol stations and things, and then you get another another uh, headline saying, "Don't worry, everyone." Um, we've got, you know, so there's a, there's a hundred bearing in mind, there's a hundred, a shortage of a hundred thousand drivers. Um, there's a headline saying, don't worry, everyone, the army's getting involved. They're coming to the rescue with a hundred drivers. <laughs> uh, and you think, oh, great. You know, uh, and I think, as I said to you before, I said, you know, this is like turning up to a massive bushfire with a cup <laughs> of water and then just throwing it on there and standing back and going, look, there you go, everyone. I put that bit of the fire out. Um, it's just not it's just not enough. Um, and I feel there almost needs to be a kind of a, a warlike spirit here to try to encourage people to take up um, this and to try to help the situation. Um, but um, but anyway, I mean, it's, I think like, you know, if we can uh, do this, uh, you know, if we can solve land. Um, I think C will be a lot easier, you know, will will be easier. And at least they will quite literally have room to, for manoeuvre um, as opposed to now where they can't. So, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, provided, yeah. sorry, on, on the C point it, that that is provided no other um, vessels get stuck on the Suez Canal. Uh, well, yes, exactly. <laughs> as long as no one tries a three point yeah. turn uh, in, the, in the Suez Canal. <laughs> 
with with a with a <coughs> with a vessel that's too big. And by yeah. the way, I'm really <coughs> I'm really sorry to anyone who's listening to this who's like a you know maritime expert because I'm not quite sure there's there's the differences between calling something a ship a vessel yeah. and then all this so I'm not quite sure so I apologize I'm using those words interchangeably um but you know what I mean a uh, big thing that floats on water is my definition <laughs> um so <laughs> we're not experts in this yeah um but anyway yeah so anyway so there we go i mean i think that the the uh, um you know we've we've obviously we've just talked about um the, the commercial and residential property uh, in the uk how that is changing also talking about felix Stowe, um the the problems that we're seeing now but how that is going to uh, continue if we don't do anything about it so um boris johnson if you listen now just uh, you know i mean hopefully <laughs> Um, no, hopefully, I mean, some, that gets, I think that that is a matter of urgency that something gets done about that. But uh, uh, anyway, yeah. so there we go. Um, I think I better uh, stop now. But um, thank you very much uh, in, indeed, Milena, um, for, for your insights and your contributions today. Been very interesting. Thank you, Peter. And no um, see you tomorrow. Indeed, indeed. And don't go because uh, we've got, you know, <laughs> just got to say thank you very much indeed um, for listeners for listening. Um, really do appreciate uh, your support. Um, and uh, talking of support, um, please support Watson's Daily by taking out subscription because it gives you a lot of information in a very small um, uh, period of time. And um, there's a lot of thought goes into this to try to help you to learn and retain as much information as you possibly can. So mm. anyway, uh, Watson's Daily is a good thing. Um, anyway, I'll say goodbye. Thank you very much indeed. We'll be back tomorrow and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Many thanks. Thank you. Thank Bye. you, everybody. Bye, Bye. Peter.